0: It, god is uh, God is all powerful he can do all things as as we could, as we saw this morning uh, that he can do anything uh, he really can he God can do anything whatever he wants to do he can do uh, that's god 's not uh, uh, god 's not uh, uh, threatened by man, uh, God's not threatened by uh, uh, philosophy of this world. Hey, he's not scared of it. Uh, he's not. He's not nervous. Uh, he's not slumbering. Uh, he's busy, busy, busy working. Sorry, busy working. Uh, in the hearts and lives of people that others may know Christ. Amen. And so it's really, really important. It's all about knowing Him. It really is. Uh, I'm hoping that's your heart's desire. Do you know Jesus? And you say, yeah, preacher, I know Jesus. I know Him so well. Okay, well, praise the Lord. That's great to hear that you know Jesus. But understand, uh, knowing Jesus is never coming to an end. Amen. It doesn't come to an end. We don't, we'll never know all things about Jesus until we are with Him in glory. Amen. Then we'll know all things. Then we know, then we'll see Him as He is. And then we'll know all that what Jesus has said and done here on earth. And we'll know all that what we need to know because we're going to be with Jesus and we'll know everything. Amen. It's all about knowing Him. I hope you really know Him and that you knowing Him, that it makes an impact in your life. I hope it's really true in your life that that knowing uh, Jesus does make a great impact. Pastor or preacher... You're emphasizing knowing because it's all about knowing Him. Amen. It really is. You know, we've been looking at uh, the book of Philippians and uh, it's a powerful, powerful book. A powerful letter that Paul had written uh, to other churches and what God was doing in hearts and lives of others. Amen. And that's what I see here. I see a letter being written here in Thompson. I see lives being touched. I see lives uh, that uh, that can change because of the power of Christ uh, in their life. Amen. And it's so important. So we see, you know, we've been seeing many things in the Book of Philippians. You know, we see at the beginning Paul's prayer life. You know, it takes prayer in ministry. It really does. Uh, It it takes a lot of prayer. You got to pray. I uh, hope you're praying. I hope you're you know, Hope you're wanting to see God do something because prayer moves the hand of God. It really does. Uh, prayer moves in the heart of lives, hearts and lives of God's people. And so we see in the book of Philippians uh, uh, just a great uh, message, a great letter that's being written. Prayer changes things. You know, it's also about a, a person. Of the ministry, Amen. Uh, The person of the ministry is Jesus, Amen. It's all about Jesus. It's not. It's not about one person. It's not about uh, 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 a man, uh, a physical man. It's not a carnal man. It's about a spiritual man. It's about Jesus living in your life, Amen. It's really the person of ministry. But we're going to see this morning the power in ministry. You got to have power in ministry. You got to have power in the gospel. It really is important. It's got to be. There's. There's got to be power in a mission uh, that at the church endeavors to take. There's got to be power involved. Amen. There's really got to be power. And so it's really, really important. So turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter number three, Philippians chapter number three, uh, this morning, uh, as we slowly become, uh, or slowly come to an end uh, to uh, this conference. Uh, my heart has been just uh, thinking about uh, the gospel. My heart has been thinking about just Jesus. And what I see in the book of Philippians it's all about Jesus. Uh, it's all about the gospel. You'll see, yes, a lot of times people uh, note that this book is all about joy. But where does true joy truly come from? Well, it comes from Jesus. That's where joy comes from. It's all about knowing Him. It's all about allowing His joy to be really manifested uh, in and through our lives. It really is vitally important. It really is. And so uh, as we look here, dear believers, in Philippians chapter number three, I want to begin reading here. uh then um, let me just get to my notes here. Uh, Philippians, oh, I, just, I skipped over. Uh, here we go. Uh, Philippians chapter number three, and I want to begin reading here in verse number 10, is where I want to begin reading. In verse number 10, uh, Philippians chapter three and verse number 10, and the Bible says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death." If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much. For your love and mercy and your continual grace in our life. And I pray, dear Holy Father, that you have your will and way. I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate our hearts, illuminate our minds, teach us. I pray, dear Holy Spirit of God, I give you thanks, dear Lord Jesus, for all that you will do in our hearts. Help us now to be receptive to thy word. This is a holy time where you can work where you can change uh, false perceptives, uh, false ideas, and false things uh, that we think that are right, which maybe we're wrong. And so, Father, I pray that you would just be all honored and glorified in Jesus' precious and most holy name, I pray. Amen. You know, as we see here, dear believers, it's so vitally important to understand knowing him. You know, that's was Paul's greatest uh, adventure in his life, greatest heartbeat was all about knowing Jesus. I hope that's your heart here this morning. It's all about knowing him. It's really all about, you know, letting the person of Christ flow through your life. And so confidence is found in Jesus. Is where it is. Confidence is found in Jesus. Hope you have confidence in Him, Amen. Because that's where it's all. It's, that's where the focus is. Is confidence is found in Him. Confidence is not found in the flesh. Uh, you know it really isn't. Because Paul said earlier uh, in uh, here in this in this chapter, he says uh, he talks about. Uh, not having confidence in the flesh, not having confidence in your uh, pedigree, not having confidence uh, in your uh, persuasion. Uh, But he says here uh, in, in verse number one of chapter number three, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of concision. For we are the circum- we are the circumcision, which worship God in spirit, and wor- and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence. In the flesh. And so Paul, Paul, Paul was saying, Hey, it's, it's really important, dear believer, that you don't put confidence in your fleshly ability. You don't put confidence in, in, confidence in your uh, psychology or your philosophy of life because it's going to lead you down the wrong path of life. It re- truly will. And when Paul says, Hey, I, if anybody could trust in the flesh, I could trust in the flesh more than anyone. He's saying hey uh, he says there though I might have uh, have also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he hath uh, were of he might trust in the flesh I more he said, "Hey, I can trust in the flesh more than you can because of my pedigree because of my 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 philosophy he says i got I know so much about the Jewish religion I know so much about uh, about uh, my pedigree where I where I came from, where I stemmed from uh, where uh, where my family was positioned uh, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees amen, he really was and he was he was of the tribe as we could continue reading circumcised the eight days talk of Israel tribe of Benjamin a Hebrew of the Hebrews touching the law a Pharisee uh concerning zeal persecuted the church touching righteousness which is uh in the the law blameless and so he had he if he had something to boast about if he had something to say hey I know something in life I know I know a lot of things but understand you know all those things he what did he say But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. So it doesn't matter if you come from a very prestigious family, you glory in your pedigree, it doesn't matter. If you come from a rich and wealthy family, it doesn't matter. You come from you've come from a poor family, it doesn't matter. You come off the streets, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you own, whatever you have, what Paul says, hey, it's all counted lost for Christ. You got a big nest egg in your bank account? Compared to Jesus, it means nothing. It absolutely means nothing. It means nothing to Jesus. You got a couple thousand dollars, you got a couple hundred dollars, you got a couple of dollars. Those couple of dollars, those couple hundred dollar bills, a couple of thousand dollar bills, that doesn't mean nothing to Jesus. Paul says, hey, that's all, I count that all lost for Christ. Doesn't mean anything. Really doesn't. And he goes on to say, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered. The loss of all things. I've lost everything. Jesus saved me from all that stuff. Jesus saved me from my wealth. Jesus saved me from my pedigree. Jesus saved me from my philosophy. Jesus saved me. Because to him, it was all about knowing. It was all about knowing a God that loved him. You know, you know God. Understand, the devils even know God. Even the, even the devil's angels know God. You know, I, I, before I came out this way, my wife and I had a great opportunity to witness to a couple. And God had been slowly building that relationship is what he'd been doing. He'd been slowly building this relationship with this hunter. He's a hunter. He's an avid hunter. You know, your hunters here, you would love talking with him, because he knows a lot about hunting. <laughs> a lot. He's been to Africa twice. Uh, hunted zebra. Hunted hunted uh, water moccasin, or ox, or whatever they call them. I don't know what they call them over there. But, uh, uh, all kinds of stuff from africa he's, he's shot, and he's been up in the yukon caribou hunting and he's been he's whitetail hunter, elk hunter, moose hunter he's, he lo- he loved hunting bear he loved hunting bear you know he would tell stories about you know he wasn't scared of bears i 'm terrified of bears i you know I run the other way. I see them. I want to run. You know, would I run if I was in the in the bush hunting bear? Uh, no, I, I would be ready with my bow or ready with a high power to ready to take it down. But he had many stories, a lot of stories. You just guarantee hunters. You would love to just be sitting on. He guy knew so much. He knew so much, and he says, "I believe in Jesus." I believe that he's real. And the thing that really penetrated my heart was that he hoped that God would forgive him and let him into his heaven. Even though he believed in Jesus, believed in God. You understand that people can believe in God, believe that Jesus is real, but they're not saved. They're lost. How do you know that? Well, I know I, I was a person that believed in God. I was a person that believed in Jesus. And yet I was a religious man lost on my way to hell. Didn't know him. You know, it's really important. You know, we can say we believe God. We can say that we know God. But do we really know him? Do we really know by, by the testimony, yes, God saved my soul. God, God's made me whole. Do we really know him? And so I was just so stirred as I was listening to this man. He had, I love questions. He had so many questions to ask about God. He would ask, why did God send Jesus at the time that he did? Good question. Why did God use Israel? Why couldn't He use another nation? Good question, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was a great question. He had a lot. Of, why did God? Why God, Why did God send His Son? Couldn't He have sent someone else? Couldn't He have done some type of miracle so that people would know that God is? Well, you can look in you can look in the uh, in the Bible, and you can find that you know where uh, where where God writes about you know the the man the, the rich man in hell and Lazarus in uh, in Abraham's bosom, and we can see that you know where that rich man would say, "Hey, God, Father Abraham, would you not just send someone from the dead so that they would believe in me?" Would you be, to believe in God? Would you send somebody to believe in you, dear God? The guy was saying, why, "Why doesn't God do miracles today? God does a miracle every day when a person gets saved. That's a miracle. When a person repents and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a miracle of God that takes place. When people are sick and they're healed, God strengthens their body and they get healthy again. That's a miracle. He's saying, why, Why? Why doesn't God do miracles today? Why can't we see all these wonders? Why can't we see like, what the Bible writes about there uh, when, when, Moses, when, when God parted the Red Sea? Why can't we see that again? Why can't we see those miracles happen today? Why can't we see you know, the ark? Why can't we see the flood again? Miracles, great wonders in the world. A lot of great questions this gentleman had. A lot of great questions. He believed in a God. He believed in the God. The God of heaven. But the one thing that kept on coming up, I hope that he'll forgive me and let me into heaven. And the one thing that kept on coming up is that you can go to heaven. It's all just believing in Jesus. Jesus. To save your life, it really is all about Jesus saving one's life, because that's the most important part. It really is. It's all about knowing. Apostle Paul said, "Hey, I know. I've been apprehended. Jesus saved me. I count all these things. It doesn't matter my pedigree. It doesn't matter my family. Your family, where you, where your family is. I don't know any where your families are. I read." Really, First time being here I don't know what you what you faced in your family, what has gone in your family, where your, where your family is positioned, you know, in the community, uh, oh, you know, your status, whatever. Paul so Paul says, "Hey, it doesn't matter. My family was a very was very successful in the Jewish religion. But all that was done." He says there he says there in Philippians chapter number 3, for, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. They were waste. All those things, you know, dear believer, all the things that we, we trust in, that we think, oh, if I have, if I have a nice truck, big house, you know, quad, snowmobile, boat, all this stuff, people will notice, hey, I'm successful. But understand, God doesn't look that way. He doesn't look at your bank account. He doesn't look at your things that you have. Paul, so Paul, he considered all those things. It was nothing. You can't take it to heaven. You can't take your gold brick to heaven. If you do... I understand, it's, you know, it's going to be probably put in a place that where it's empty on the, on the streets of gold. But I don't think so. <laughs> and so we find, dear believers, that Apostle Paul, so Paul says, hey, I count all that. But it doesn't matter. All the pedigree, all the philosophy that I know, all, all, the, uh, all, the, uh, all the substance that I have was nothing. Compared to the excellency. And the knowledge of Jesus. Knowing Jesus changes a life, it really does. Knowing Jesus makes life worth living. You know, people, people today that had something. You know, we've all, we've got events happening over there too. Just as much as you've got all kinds of different things happening over here. Where people find no hope, what's the life worth living? Have no hope. People take their lives because no one cares about them. No one says, Hey, how are you doing? You know, people are struggling. You know, the people that are working today and the stores around here today, you go into those stores, those those people that are punching those buttons on the screens or on the till, do you know that that person has a soul? That person has struggles. That person needs Jesus. That's what that person needs. God really worked in my heart about that. Last week, I was in the store, and I was at a till at at No Frills. And God really prompted my heart just to be an encouragement to this young lady. Lo and behold, I I didn't recognize her right away. And then she goes, you're you're Pastor Fair, aren't you? You're you're Michaela and Esperanza and Isabella's father, aren't you? I said, yeah, I am goes oh I've been to your church been to an activity it's been a long time and my girls are regularly always witnessing to that young lady she's confused about life thinking that it's all about the life of Riley it's all about hey let's just have fun life is more than just fun well, I would say what's the greatest fun is knowing Jesus. And so I just was an encouragement to her and, and i let her know that I was, I'm going to be praying for her. And, you know, that people need to know that you care. Amen. You know, it's all about knowing him. Apostle Paul knew this because it was all about the excellency and the knowledge of Jesus that impacted his life made such a great change. It's all about that power of Christ in your life. And so confidence, as I mentioned, is found in Jesus. It really is. And so we see, dear child of God, you know, we gotta, we got to consider that we've lost everything. As Paul, he says, I've lost everything. I count everything but lost. And that we found something great. We lost something, but we lost but we found something greater than what we lost. You consider yourself that this morning. Have you have you do you look upon your life, you look at your life and you say, Yeah, I've lost everything for Jesus. Well, have you? Have you lost everything for Jesus? Have you given your life? Have you given all? Apostle Paul gave everything. Well, yeah, that's the Apostle Paul. No difference. You're a sinner saved by grace. You can serve God just as much as he can serve God. No, I can't. Well, the Bible tells you you can. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. You can do anything in the power of Christ. It's just a matter of letting Jesus empower your life. Amen. It really comes down to that. So we we have to understand it takes prayer. It takes the person. But it takes power for missions to go forward. And that power comes from Jesus word comes from. It doesn't come with your ability. It doesn't come with your pedigree. It doesn't come with your status. It doesn't come with your philosophy. It comes with Jesus. And and what the Apostle Paul is coming, where he's going with this, and he says, hey, I, that it's all about knowing him. And so that's the most important part. And you look there in verse number nine, being found in him, Are you found in Jesus this morning? Yeah, preacher, I'm found in Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that you're found in Jesus. But I'm telling you, if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Understand, Jesus is looking for you. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to know him in a way that you'll never have known a God before. Amen. Amen. And it's really, really important. And so we see, he says, uh, he says, and being found in him, not having mine own righteousness. He says, hey, the righteousness that I have, it's not this self-righteousness of the law. It's not this self-righteousness of the Pharisees. It's the, self, it's the righteousness of some person in his life. Some person who is dwelling in him that's being manifested, that is being reflected in his life is what's taking place. Amen. And so he says, being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. You know, it's through the faith of Christ that we have the righteousness of Christ in our life. And it's so important. It really is the righteousness which is of God by faith. By faith. You know, we are saved by faith. Amen. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. We're saved by faith. Amen. We're saved by the work of faith. But then also, we also see that this faith is also our ruler. Amen. This faith is one that wants to take control of our life. Now, it's really important to let this life, this faith take control. Because when we look at, when we look at the Bible, it, it says, But that which is through the faith of whom? Christ. It's the faith of Christ dwelling in you. It's that faith that saved you. Is that faith that's ruling you. But also understand, it's, it's all the, also the faith that you please God with. According to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. But without faith. It is impossible to please Him, God. So what do we do? We've got to really let faith work through our life. Because it's the faith of the Son of God that's working now in you into which he wants to reveal through you. And Apostle Paul says, hey, he goes on to say that I may know him. That's what it comes down to in a person's life. It's all about knowing him. I know, I know Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord that you know him. But what about those who do not? Are you going to let the power of Jesus shine through your life, that others may believe. Oh, it's so important; it really is. Oh, you got to see. He can't see that. Oh, there's you've got something in the way, and you got to let Jesus show you and teach you. I remember some time ago, going through some struggles in my life, and you know we all go through struggles. Amen. I know I do. I struggle a lot. I struggle with me is what I struggle. I'm the biggest struggle in my life. Well, I don't struggle with me. Well, tell me how you do it so that I don't struggle with me. Amen? Because <laughs> I struggle with me. I do a lot of struggling. Well, that doesn't sound like you're, you're on victory side. No, I'm not. The only way I'm on victory side is when I am focusing on Jesus. When I'm letting Jesus be the fortitude of my life. Amen. So important. Letting the faith of Jesus to be in control. Amen. He says, Paul says, hey, let me know him. Amen. Let me know him. It's all about knowing Jesus in your life. Because when you start really knowing Jesus, I'm just thinking, you know, back, I was struggling so much in my life. It was back in 2019. Well, that's not that long ago. That's just, yeah, that's just before the pandemic. Just before the pandemic. It's Back in 2019. God let something come into my life, a struggle. And it's really important when we struggle in life that we respond correctly to those struggles. It really is important. When we are negative to those struggles, understand that's a work of the flesh. That's, a, that's when we get all bent out of shape and we just say, well, you get mad and angry and bitter and just, just get carnal. Just really get really a bad attitude. Right? Yeah. When we don't respond correctly, we react. There's a reaction. Because we don't, well, we don't like to get in, we don't like to have struggles, right? We don't like to have any struggles. Don't. Don't like to have any, I don't like struggles. I'm allergic to them. I really am. I am allergic to struggles. You know, if I could run the other way, I would. But I can't. When God allows those struggles to come my way, you know what He says? I'm going to just stretch your faith a little bit more. I remember that so many times with Brother Cook. You know, he would tell stories. He would tell stories about, you know, the, the things that would happen in his life. And he would have a car breakdown. And then he'd go, oh, God, why this again? So many, I know, so many times, car breaking down here, car breaking down there. That was something that was a tool that was always in his life that God would always get his attention. <laughs> Or something else would come in his life. And, you know, he just said, Lord, you teach me what you want me to know. And that's really important. I think back there in 2019, God, worked, God was doing something in my heart. And I'm ever grateful from that point on. Because he's been doing that. What Brother Cook was say, teach me, Lord, what you want me to learn. that's so important. It's all about learning about who Jesus really is in your life. Because what he's trying to do is trying to help you to be more like him. It's what he's trying to do in your life. It's so important. It really is. You know, I was going through this struggle in my life. It was just it, was, it, it affected me so much. I was getting discouraged. I was getting my family discouraged. And I, and I was just, I was, a, I was an infection of discouragement is what I was. That's <laughs> what I was an infection of. You know, be careful of being an infection of discouragement. Because it will harm other people. It doesn't build people up. It really does. It brings people down. It just brings more discouragement. It just brings more diversity. It just brings more chaos in one's life. It really does. Amen. It really does. And so what happened that day? I remember it so well. So well. It was almost like salvation. I remember the day I got saved. I remember the day that when Brother Cook led me to the Lord. It was like this is kind of like that day. Where I got right with God—that's what I did. I got right with God. I was—I was a—I was an infectious discouraging person. I was discouraging. You and 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 you're—I understand. I was a pastor, church plant, started a church two years, and I was discouraging people. I was getting so discouraged, and yet I was supposed to be a help. And I'm trying to help people in my discouragement. It did. It was really an oxymoron. It really was. <laughs> it really was an oxymoron. Helping people and yet I'm discouraged. Yet helping people and yet I'm I'm getting you know I'm getting negative, and I'm just getting bent out of shape. And I'm just like, God, you're going to have to do something in my life so something changes. But sure enough, it wasn't God's fault. A lot of times that's the way we do. We blame God. What we do, we blame God, and God really hit my heart that day. And I got down underneath the table of my in my office, got as low as I could, and I just said, "God, forgive me. I've been too selfish. I've been an infectious, discouraging person to my family." was a hypocrite preacher you're yeah if we we're honest with god got to be honest can we be that honest with god in our lives so important i'm going to close here soon and so it's came to the point in my life that i said god not me anymore but you You teach me. I want you to shine forth in my life. I don't want me anymore. And that's really an important place to be. Yeah, I I, I was saved. I knew God. But I'm telling you, when I got on my knees that day, I said, Jesus, you take control now. No longer me. You now teach me how to live your life in me and through me. And it's so important, it really is, to really let Jesus live through your life. It's all about knowing Him. Knowing that power, the power of Christ in your life. It's really important. Do you know Jesus that way? Be a preacher. I don't know if I know Christ that way. hope you do. Because once you start going down that road of knowing Jesus that way, it's a fundamental change. It really is. You'll see things happen that you can't explain because now it's the power of God doing something in your life. It's not your ability. It's not your power. It's not your philosophy. It's not your pedigree. It has nothing to do with that. Paul says, hey, that's all done compared to Jesus. God, you just let it all go. You know, let it all go, dear believer. Really let it go. And let Jesus have his will and way in your life. So important. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much for thy loving kindness and thy mercy, O Lord. I pray dear Holy Father you take the two fish five loaves and you multiply it that you be glorified. In Jesus name I pray. Pastor.
1: I heard a message and uh, there was an evangelist years ago And he tells a story of those men that went to go see the Aka Indians down there in South America. They were cannibals and they killed these missionaries. And someone was talking they said, yeah, he died on this date. This gentleman said, no, he didn't die on that date. He died years before in a church when he died to self. He put Christ first. That I may know him. It all gets back to what is the day that I die and I stop living for me. And I start living for Jesus. It's the power of missions. If I can have Mrs. Pat come forward please. We'll have a time of invitation. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know what? The closer we get to Jesus and stop living for me, the more sweet fellowship I enjoy. And God's been putting that upon my heart so many times. Closer you get to Jesus, the greater the joy. Not that there's no problems, but the greater the joy. You can't take it when you're abiding in He who is the very source of joy. You can't get away from Him. And so as the music is going to play here shortly, I just want to challenge you. Number one, do you know for sure, is there a time in your life or a season He said, I think I was saved around this time, but I know for sure I put my faith and trust. It's not a belief in Jesus. The devils believe in Jesus and they tremble. But have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Ask Him to forgive you of your sins and be your Savior. No other Savior, only Jesus. You ask Him to forgive you, you know what? He will. He'll welcome you with open arms. There is no one, it doesn't matter what you've done, what your past is like, He'll forgive you. And Christian, that I may know Him, the power of his resurrection. i got to die to myself and my wishes and my wants. And it's what all of Jesus wants. Not what I think, not what I me, mean, not what I, the pastor, think for your life. It's what God wants for your life. Because it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. God's got a plan for my life. He's got a plan for your life. You must be surrendered and dead to yourself. As the music plays, I trust that you just pray and talk with God. If you need to come up front and kneel up here, maybe you've been that discouragement, To those around you, how about it's time that we just die to self and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? May we learn to walk in the goodness of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. As I spoke about last week, is your Jesus real? I trust that that would be true in your life. And so, as a song will play through, a moment of silence to pray and talk with God. comes to a close here shortly. I trust that was an encouragement. It sure did encourage and challenge my heart. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, you love each and every person here. It's not by mistake. The mission conference happened this week. It's not by mistake anyone came today that came. Father, you have worked it out. Father, I pray that we would learn to bask in the light and the joy Of knowing Jesus, and so Lord, we thank you for showing up and showing us Your Word and helping us to walk one step closer to Thyself. Father, we do thank you for the challenges and the trials and the hurts in our own lives, because Lord, it's one other thing to show us we don't have the strength in our own lives. We got to get back to You, Father. Thank you for the trials that, as You showed, Brother Pastor Fair. Lord, I pray that we'd go out and, Lord, radiate the love of Jesus. Thank you for all that you'll do. Missions happens when we know you. And, God, I pray that you'd help us to be greater missionaries for you here. And should God call someone somewhere else, Lord, may they go there as well. Lord, may we die to self.